0: Hi, everybody. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast for Monday, November 11th, 2019. And this is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And of course, every day, Monday through Friday, we're talking Penn State football right here. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. And we are going to talk you through the first loss of the season. Yes, Penn State going down this weekend at Minnesota. We'll talk a little bit about that, take a look around the Big Ten, and at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you some reason for optimism moving forward. It's always tough after the first loss of the season, especially when you get this deep into the season, but still a lot to play for, and I'm going to tell you that there's still some bright lights at the end of this tunnel Here, You can subscribe to this podcast, and make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. And please, leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate your feedback, and it does help with the placement on those podcasting platforms. Once you're subscribed to your favorite podcasting platform, we hope that you'll consider following us on Twitter at LockedonNitney. And of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Things did get a little busy at the end of last week. I'll explain that in our first segment, but we do have a full and loaded show for you today. So without any further delay, let's get started and start talking you through what just happened over this weekend. Before we get into today's episode, I'm going to issue a quick apology for not having that episode up for you guys on Friday. It was my birthday on Thursday and I stayed after work for some mandatory training. So Thursday was a little rushed for me and I uploaded the episode and I assumed that everything was set and ready to go. I usually schedule these things the night before or the day before and I just said it and I forget it <laughs> to borrow that old Ron Popeil, uh, saying. and I truly didn't realize that there was a problem with the audio upload. I didn't recognize that the audio wasn't processing or didn't upload correctly, whatever the issue may have been. I apologize for that. I didn't realize it until it was very much too late, uh, late Friday night, or I think, I guess, technically early Saturday morning. And by that time, I just felt like by the time anybody got a chance to listen to this episode, it was already going to be midway through the first quarter. So I I decided to punt on that episode uh, entirely, Uh, totally my fault. I apologize for that, for anyone who was looking for an episode on Friday to look for some final thoughts on the Minnesota game and get my prediction. I apologize to the subscribers. I apologize to anyone that just may have been randomly stumbling upon the, ep- the episode and the show for the first time and anybody else who may have been uh, looking forward to that Friday episode. So I apologize, but we're back now. We're going to be ready for a full week ahead. It's going to be another busy week for me, but I'm going to promise I'm going to deliver every single episode for you this week on time, as scheduled, without any faults. And moving forward. we'll try to make sure that that doesn't happen again so again my apologies to anyone who was looking for that episode so let's talk about it guys minnesota takes care of penn state's undefeated season on the road by getting off to a fast start and really just never really looking back i gotta say i was very impressed by minnesota and i guess first and foremost we should congratulate minnesota for their performance I told everybody throughout the season and from the beginning of the season, I didn't like the setup for this game, where it was on the schedule, and what I was expecting out of Minnesota before the season. And even though I predicted that Penn State would get to this week without a loss, I just didn't like the spot. I shared my preseason predictions for the game-by-game picks on Athlon Sports that I put together. And I'm well-documented. I said Penn State was going to be 8-0. Their first loss was going to be at Minnesota. Now, I will admit, I did change my official prediction leading up to the game with my game preview last week because I did feel my opinion and my my stance on where this game was being set up had evolved a little bit. I didn't expect that Penn State was going to be this good of an 8-0 team, and I certainly didn't expect that Minnesota was going to be 8-0. But I figured this is a still a bad setup, and I've been trying to stress that th- throughout the episodes last week where I thought that this was going to be a tough matchup for Penn State. I did think that their talent would prevail, and ultimately it did not. I think there was a lot of blame to dole around for this loss for Penn State, but you got to give Minnesota credit, and that's what we're going to do here. Minnesota is a very good team. I don't know if they're ready to take on a team like Ohio State. And if this game was being played at Penn State, I don't know if they win that game, but you got to give credit to Minnesota. Say what you will about their strength of schedule. I said that they were looking very good as the season was progressing. They came off of three of their best all around performances going into their bye week, and they didn't lose a step uh, coming in out of their bye week at home against Penn State. So, you know, Tanner Morgan was locked in 18 of 20, 339 yards, three touchdowns, getting the big plays early. Uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, seven catches, 203 yards and a touchdown, almost video game like. And obviously, an early touchdown followed by following up an early turnover really set the tone for Minnesota and their victory because they never really looked back. But let's talk about it from the beginning of the game. Penn State gets the football Uh, offensively. This was going to be another tough start for Penn State going into this game. It was sort of like the Iowa road trip where you just kind of had to weather the storm early on and try to not necessarily completely avoid making mistakes, but if you make a mistake, don't let it rattle you too much. And this is where we saw Sean Clifford kind of toss the ball up there, kind of hoping that one of his guys was going to come down with the ball. The only problem is that's something that Minnesota has not allowed at all this season. So those jump balls and those uh, 50-50 balls – they probably weren't going to be very successful going into this game. Uh, obviously, I, I don't think that Penn State should have avoided that entirely. I definitely think that they should have tried that with some of the guys that they have uh, able to catch those footballs. But uh, this was not a defense that was known to giving up those kinds of plays. So that was probably not the best strategy. And it ultimately backfired right out of the gate. The uh, second or third play of the game, whatever it was. Tossing one down the middle, and it's picked off by Antoine Winfield. And that set up Minnesota to really get that early spark because they get the early turnover on the first possession of the game. And then just a couple plays later, a 66-yard touchdown. It's the first touchdown allowed by Penn State in the first quarter all season long. And uh, that was a fired-up crowd, and that really kind of got things going for Minnesota. That was kind of the start that Penn State could not have afforded to have in this game. And you got to give credit to Minnesota for capitalizing and seizing the moment. And you know Penn State comes back on their their next drive, and they come right down the field and they score a touchdown, even things up at seven seven. You think, all right, well, fine that that starts out of the way. Now things can get down, down to business. Penn State can start to grind things out and take care of business. Only problem is Penn State's defense didn't show up in the second possession. Minnesota drove right down the field again with another long touchdown drive to regain the lead at fourteen seven. And from there, the it was off to the races for Minnesota. They never looked back on Penn State until the final. Minutes of the game. Now, I will give credit to Penn State for fighting back the way they did. The defense finally did make some plays that they absolutely needed to make in that fourth quarter uh, with uh, the game still within reach you know penn state gets a touchdown gets some momentum late in the fourth quarter the defense finally comes up with their their big stop of the game and gives the offense a chance to win the game in regulation right in the final minute and final seconds of the game unfortunately sean clifford just didn't have his best game three interceptions the third one being the game clinching interception essentially for minnesota and uh this was a disappointing loss for penn state but is it a crucial one that's going to devastate them in the long run We're going to talk about that later on in this episode, but I do think that for right now, Penn State needs to dial back things a little bit and start to reassess a couple things and kind of look in the mirror a little bit. Like I said, there's a lot of blame to dole around for this game, but you can't let this game beat you twice. And that's going to be a theme for this week on the podcast. And it'll be something we talk about later on in this particular episode as well. Coming up in our next segment, we'll take a look around the rest of the Big Ten and see what happened around the rest of the conference and see where things are heading right now. And of course, we'll take a look at some of the top 25 action, update you on the latest top 25 polls in the second segment. And then again, in our third and final segment, I'll offer you some optimism moving forward because I think a lot of Penn State fans are probably in need of that on this Monday. This is a Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Nittany. Make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Penn State losing on the road to Minnesota was the big news coming out of the Big Ten this weekend, but there were also some fantastic developments happening around the rest of the conference as well. And we'll just briefly touch on the fact that Ohio State remains to be very, very good. If you've had any doubt or needed a reminder, Ohio State took care of that against Maryland. No Chase Young, of course, with the investigation situation that he's undergoing right now, but it's not like they needed him against Maryland. As you know, Maryland... Had a great first two games of the season, and they will always have that for Mike Loxley, but it has been all downhill since then. And the, the difference between Ohio State and Maryland is so enormous. It, the score justifies just how wide of a gap there is. Ohio State 73, Maryland 14. Buckeyes scored 21 points in the first quarter, 21 more in the second quarter. They're already doing on-site kicks in the first quarter. They're running it up on Maryland. And the announcers, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, suggested that maybe there was something personal going on there. Maybe that Maryland was the team or somebody from Maryland is the team that uh, suggested to the NCAA that maybe there's something fishy going on with Chase Young. I don't know if that's legitimate or not, but it's a nice little conspiracy theory that's at least out there right now. Uh, Should be very interesting to see where the Chase Young situation goes. And yeah, that is something that could linger around for the next couple of weeks, but we'll certainly keep an eye on it leading up to that Penn State trip to Ohio State. But Ohio State just remains very dominant. If they're not the best team in the country, they're certainly in the top two. We'll see how the playoff selection committee evaluates their performance compared to what LSU did this weekend. Either way, I think Ohio State's sitting firm within those top Two spots. While the game is still a couple of weeks away, it is very much the case that Penn State is going to have to play a lot better. A lot better if they are going to give Ohio State even a good battle in Columbus in a couple of weeks. That's just the where I'm standing on that game, evaluating things as they currently stand. I still think Penn State's a really good team, but my goodness, they need to tighten things up very much if they're going to give Ohio State a good run in a couple of weeks. But we'll worry about that game next week. This week, we're to focus in on Indiana. Indiana was off this week. However, they did creep into the top 25 this week in the coaches poll and in the AP poll. We'll see on Tuesday night whether or not the College Football Playoff Selection Committee feels they're worthy of a top 25 spot as well. And that's, of course, going to be pretty interesting for Penn State fans because they could potentially have a chance to rebound at home against a ranked opponent. Now, a victory against Indiana would obviously knock Indiana out of the top 25, but it's just another reason to believe that the Big Ten has some pretty good depth this season. Now, Minnesota cracking into the top 10 for the first time since 1960 something, Uh, Illinois who we're going to talk about next is bowl eligible. And of course, Indiana is in the top 25. You also have Iowa. You have Michigan. Of course, Penn state's still a team there. Uh, Wisconsin. There is a lot of depth in the big 10 as far as quality is concerned right now. And I think if you're looking past that, I think you're making a mistake. This has been a pretty good year for the Big Ten. We'll see where the next month uh, carries this conference moving forward. And Of course, we'll see how it all plays out in the bowl season. But let's talk about the other big game that was going on uh, this Saturday afternoon, and that was the Iowa Hawkeyes at Wisconsin. I said before, if you're a Penn State fan, you're obviously rooting for Iowa because the more Iowa wins, the better off Penn State's strength of schedule could potentially look. Now, Iowa did stay in the top 25 this week, but they did lose 24-22 to on the road against Wisconsin. And it was a game that... It didn't look like Iowa had a chance in this game because Wisconsin was very dominant on defense. But the Iowa offense came alive in the fourth quarter, 16 fourth quarter points to close the gap. Uh, If not for a failed two point conversion, maybe they're still playing. Who knows? But Wisconsin gets the 24-22 win. And that's big because now Iowa has to win out and maybe even get a little bit of help if they're going to have a chance at the big 10 West crown, but that remains very unlikely at this point because Wisconsin now is the team that Minnesota is probably going to have to worry about the most. Now Iowa's going to play Minnesota this weekend at home in Kinnick stadium. Can Iowa knock off Minnesota from the unbeatens it remains to be seen, but we all know the history of undefeated teams and national championship hopes going to Kinnick stadium. It's uh, it's got a pre storied history. So we'll see if Iowa can do that this weekend talk about that more in our Big Ten weekend preview episode coming up on Thursday. But this is a big game for Iowa because uh, they may not be able to win the division, but they can certainly determine how this division could potentially play out. As far as Wisconsin's concerned, now all eyes may be on that Minnesota game at the end of the year because Wisconsin now still has a chance to play for the Big Ten Championship. They still trail Minnesota by two games, though. So they do need Iowa to pick up a win this weekend or potentially see Northwestern come out of nowhere and score a big upset against the Gophers. But odds are, if Iowa is the team that Wisconsin has to root for, maybe they have a decent chance here. But we'll see. This Minnesota team, uh, as I've said already, is pretty darn good. Speaking of Northwestern, they are now 1-8. They lost at home to Purdue 24-22. Interestingly enough, with Indiana being ranked in the AP poll this week, The Purdue Boilermakers now have the longest drought between top 25 appearances in the AP top 25. So it's uh, Purdue needs to get something going. They still have a chance to be bowl eligible. They do need to win their final two games of the season. Probably not going to happen. However, uh, it's good to see Purdue getting a rebound win uh, after a tough loss to Illinois. Speaking of Illinois, my goodness, this team is so fun to watch right now. On the road against Michigan State, this is a team that I thought was going to have to wait until the final game of the season against Northwestern to have a chance to clinch their bowl eligibility. I've been fully on board with Illinois being bowl eligible uh, since their win against Purdue. Not the Wisconsin win, but the Purdue win. I thought things uh, with that Purdue win really changed the outcome of where Illinois could be heading. And I fully expected that they were going to have to wait till the end of the regular season to get that win against Northwestern. However, they come out of nowhere. I mean, nowhere to stun Michigan State. Michigan State was up 31-10 to 10 in this game, and they lose 37-34. to 34. Illinois scores 27 points in the fourth quarter to stun Michigan State and clinch their bowl eligibility. Lovey Smith is going to take Illinois to a bowl game in the 2019 season. That is fantastic, and guess what? They still have a couple games still to play. They do have to play Iowa. They also get Northwestern. This is going to be... Uh, a chance for a winning season at Illinois. <laughs> With that is amazing to think about in the grand scheme of things because it certainly didn't look like it was going to be that way earlier on in the season after a couple wins against some really bad teams to start the year. They did hit a little bit of a wall, but you know what? They were competitive in some of those losses, including to Nebraska. And of course, their, their game against Michigan, they put up a good fight. So The signs of improvement have certainly been there for Illinois. And now they're going to get a chance to go to a bowl game. I don't know what their bowl matchup is going to look like. Uh, It could be a bad matchup. Who knows? But the fact that Illinois is going to a bowl game is huge. And like I said, this has been a good year for the Big Ten. We'll see where these next few weeks go. But they've got Ohio State looking like a national title contender. Minnesota's still undefeated. Highest ranking in decades in the top 10. Penn State's still in the top 10 in the AP poll. Just outside in the coaches poll at number 11. And of course, Wisconsin's still looking strong. Michigan's starting to turn things around. Maybe they can play an upset against Ohio State in a couple of weeks. Iowa's ranked. Indiana's ranked. Illinois going to a bowl game. There is a lot of good stuff happening with some Big Ten programs right now. And it's not just Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. It's good to see for the conference. If you believe in conference strength, this is a pretty fun conference right now with a lot of good stories to be following. Real quick, you don't need me to remind you that LSU took care of business in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, a long awaited win against the Crimson Tide for Joe Burrow and Ed Orgeron and the Tigers. They absolutely should be the number one team in the country as far as I'm concerned. 46 to 41 victory against Alabama. LSU very likely to be going on to play for the SEC championship in a few weeks in Atlanta. And they will very likely be playing Georgia, who remains one of the top one loss teams in the country following their victory against Missouri. So this is a pretty fun time of the season because we've got the one loss team discussion now that Penn State's going to have to worry about. Uh, Georgia is certainly a, a very good one loss team. So is Oklahoma. Oklahoma escapes with a victory against Iowa State. Uh, That was a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) I thought Iowa State was going to pull it off with a two-point conversion at the end, but ultimately, maybe they should have kicked the extra point and gone into overtime with the fourth quarter that they had. They had all the momentum. Uh, And of course, Clemson, obviously there was a, a lot of discussion about Clemson versus Penn State in the rankings by the selection committee. And uh, Dabo Sweeney certainly had some bulletin board material to share with his team. And they capitalized on the moment. Got to give them credit because that is a really good Clemson team. Nobody ever disputed that. But they went on the road against NC State. Poor NC State. They were in for a, a, a bludgeoning because of what happened in the playoff rankings i don't know if it's quite the same dramatic effect if it if clemson was the number four team, but the fact that clemson was number five and probably already knowing that penn state had lost that day and they knew that alabama or lsu was going to lose the game there was a statement to be made by clemson and they absolutely made it they should absolutely be in the top four going into these rankings that are going to come out tuesday night Stick around because in the next segment, I'm going to share a few more thoughts on that Penn State loss at Minnesota and then start to give you some reason for optimism moving forward and kind of give you a preview for something we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode with some best case and worst case scenarios for the Nittany Lions moving forward. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On and give us a like on Facebook.com slash Locked On Nittany. But guys, first, I want to tell you about Roman real quick. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to getroman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two day shipping. Having been a sports fan and a member of the sports media for as long as I have, I can tell you that I know that going to Twitter immediately after any team suffers a loss is probably the worst idea in the world. Nothing good comes out of it. There are people calling for the head coach to be fired, complete overhaul of the coaching staff, completely benching some of the top players on the team because they didn't perform to their expectations. We've been through this before, guys. I think one of the biggest problems that some people have is they see that Penn State lost to Minnesota and they see all the success that Penn State has had over the last few years under James Franklin. And they assume that this Minnesota team is the same kind of Minnesota team that we've seen win five games, six games, maybe struggled just to get the seven wins, an average team at best, basically. But no, just because Minnesota historically, at least since Penn State has joined the Big Ten, been one of the bottom feeder programs in the conference on a somewhat regular basis, doesn't mean that you should assume that this year's Minnesota team should be lumped into the same category. That is far from it. And I'm not just saying this because Minnesota beat Penn State, but look at how they've been playing this season. They are a well-rounded team. P.J. Fleck has built something there, and it looks like it could have some sustained success, at least for competing for the Big Ten West division for years to come. This may just be the the high mark for Minnesota. We don't know that yet, but the fact is this. Minnesota is a really good team, You have to respect that. You have to respect your opponents. Yes, some teams will lose to bad teams. Penn State did not lose to a bad team. They went on the road, played a very good team in their home environment in one of the biggest games in that young stadium's history. It was sold out. There was a lot of energy there. And Penn State allowed that energy to kind of take over at the start of the game by not having the big plays go for them. Big plays have typically been one of the keys to success for Penn State at times this season. As I said earlier, Minnesota is not the kind of defense that gives up those kinds of plays. So that was going to be a tough situation if Penn State couldn't strike on those. And I, again, I will say this. Penn State's defense played its worst game of the season. Sean Clifford did not have his best performance by any stretch of the imagination. Three interceptions, is, uh, that's typically something that you have to frown upon <laughs> you know, to basically put it, put it forward. Uh, the play calling will once again raise some questions. The, the running game situation continues to be something that is under a microscope. It looks like Journey Brown, uh, if he's not the guy that they're going to feel comfortable moving with forward, or if it's just a matter of guys being banged up, we're going to find out. But you know, maybe there's some fault there. I don't know what the situation is. You know, Not having a, one of your top defensive players uh, on the field for the first series of the game because of a behavioral issue, that's a concern. So there's lots of responsibility that needs to be taken for this loss everybody's going to take a little bit of a part of it and i don't think any player on that field uh, saturday would uh, disagree with that Uh, the defense certainly uh, was not very good (laughs) it just has to be better uh, especially in that kind of a situation and i'm not saying that penn state took minnesota lightly again i'm going to give credit to minnesota they were prepared for that game maybe they were better coached maybe they were just uh, more focused for whatever reason maybe the leadership on the team was uh, more prepared for that situation these things could all be true. It doesn't take away from where Penn State currently is right now. As you see in the rankings, they're still a very well-respected team. Yes, it does make things a little bit more difficult moving forward. And I guess that depends on where you think that Penn State was initially heading anyway. The the number four ranking in the college football playoff rankings to start off the season last week really kind of set the bar high for Penn State. And we I think a lot of people would probably agree that getting to the playoff still is something that is going to have to go through Ohio State. Regardless of what happened against Minnesota, Penn State still has a chance here to play their way into the college football playoff. They still have a chance to play themselves into the Big Ten championship game. And that's the reason for optimism here. There's still a lot to play for for this Penn State team. And they're going to get two games at home, one more road game, and it's going to be a big road game. But they still have everything in front of them at this point in time, even after losing to Minnesota. Do they need help? They might. But if they run the table here, they're going to have a very strong case at the end of the year. So again, again, this is going to have to go through beating Ohio State, which we're going to talk about next week. And of course, this week, you cannot take Indiana lightly. Jared sent this question on Twitter. Can the coaching instill a better sense of urgency for Indiana? Since it was indicated the players needed a better sense of urgency. I think it absolutely has to. I mean, that's got to be the message this week from James Franklin and his staff. There's still a lot to play for for Penn State. You win all of your remaining games, you're going to play for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis. You do that, you got a shot to play in the College Football Playoff, which is the next step in the evolution for where this program is trying to go. So there is still a lot to play for here beginning this week against Indiana. And if that message does not get across this week to the season, then this season's lost. (laughs) <laughs> this season can go one of two ways right now they can either be highly competitive motivated and ready to make up for what just happened against minnesota maybe even score a major upset at ohio state and take care of business winning the big 10 that's still entirely one way it could go <laughs> it probably is not likely but it is still one way to go to be competitive end the season 10 and two, maybe have a chance to play in one of those new Year's six bowl games heck the rose bowl may still come back into the picture here it's probably not there right now. That's probably Minnesota's right now. However, Minnesota's got a challenging couple of weeks ahead of them too, and they they still may have to play Ohio State. So there's still a, a lot of fluctuation in the bowl outlook. So if you're if you're focused on getting the playoff, it's still there as an option. Uh just getting to a near six bowl game, I still think is the mark of a very successful season. That's still very much in play. I, I think, as far as I'm concerned, uh, even if they lose to Ohio State. But if that message doesn't get drilled into the Penn State's players this week, then there is a problem with the players not receiving the message. Uh, And for whatever reason, I don't know who to blame there is, but... That has to be the key and theme to this week in practice and game prep for taking on Indiana because this is not an Indiana team that's going to be ready to just kind of roll over and play dead when they come into Penn State. That brings us to my next question from Dales on Twitter. He says, Indiana is the best passing offense in the Big Ten and is very good at long sustained drives. How can Penn State fix its secondary in a week to face possibly an even better passing attack than they did against Minnesota? Huge question coming in this week. We know that Indiana is going to be without their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., who's been rolled out for the remainder of the season due to a right sternoclacular joint surgery. I don't even know if I said that correctly, but that means that uh, Peyton Ramsey is going to be Indiana's quarterback. And we will take a look at the Indiana Hoosiers in tomorrow's episode. But basically, this is an Indiana team that likes to pass the ball. And I think the, the key here is. That is their big strength. Minnesota was well-balanced. They had a couple different ways that they could attack Penn State's defense. I'm not so sure that this Indiana team is capable of bringing that kind of a bounce here. So yes, the secondary does need to tighten things up a little bit. But I think that Minnesota's passing attack was a little bit more competent for this kind of a matchup. And the fact that Indiana is going to be playing on the road, I do think the environment is going to be a little bit different. As long as Beaver Stadium is ready to go uh, for this noon kickoff against the Hoosiers, uh, I, I think Penn State will be okay. But yes, obviously, the defensive line needs to bring more pressure. They, they were very absent from that Minnesota game for a long stretch of time didn't really have an impact on that game until late in the fourth quarter so that absolutely has to change this week the defensive line has to get hungry and go after the quarterback and make some pressure where it counts and that ultimately can help out the secondary as well so I think that's something that they've actually done very well for the majority of the season when the defensive line is making the plays up front that makes things a little bit easier for the secondary so I think they do go hand in hand and I think that they will kind of bounce back this week as long as they receive the message that there is still a lot on the line moving forward. Which brings me back to my basic general takeaway here for if you're looking for some optimism, Penn State is still in a good spot, not a great spot, but they're sitting in a good spot to be in at this point in the season with just three games to play. Take care of business at home against Indiana. You know that they're going to beat Rutgers in the regular season finale because everybody beats Rutgers. And it really still comes down to that road trip at Ohio State. So let's take a look and see what Penn State does this week against Indiana. Then we'll get ready for the big one next week against Ohio State. Should be a big couple of weeks for Penn State. And we'll see where they go from there. But I do think that they're going to bounce back this week and start to put the focus back on the make or break game in Columbus. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nate Nealines podcast. Hopefully, I made you feel a little bit better about where Penn State is as a program and where they are heading in the final three games of the season. Again, still lots to play for, still lots to look forward to, and still a lot of fun that could still be had regardless of what happens against Minnesota. This is a good Penn State team, and we're going to continue covering it on a daily basis every Monday through Friday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, we'll take our first look at the Indiana Hoosiers, take a look at their season to date, see what's been successful for them, what kind of team they're going to be bringing into Happy Valley as we get ready for this weekend's game. Of course, tomorrow will be Tuesday, so we will give a final look and preview for what to expect from the college football playoff rankings that are going to come out. And of course, Wednesday, we'll actually react to the playoff rankings. But lots of discussion there. And I'm going to give you some best case and worst case scenarios for Penn State as the season progresses in these final three weeks of the season. Uh, I think there's a wide range of possibilities for the season. I kind of hinted at it a little bit in the previous segment, but we're going to have some fun with best case and worst case scenarios to kind of figure out where Penn State realistically could be heading as the season unfolds coming down the final stretch. I'm Kevin McGuire. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I'm a contributor to AthlonSports.com and NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. So we've got lots of national college football coverage going on there. Of course, you can head over to NittanyLionsDen.com. We'll have some local stuff focusing on the Nittany Lions as well as these episodes as we continue to post them and share them on that website as well. But make sure you're following along this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Share these updates, share these shows with your friends and family on Facebook. Bring them into our community as we try to get through this all together and move forward Towards the bowl season. Should be a lot of fun. Still a lot of stuff planned for this podcast in the next couple of weeks. And of course, you don't want to miss a single episode, so make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting app, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Have a great Monday. Let's get this week started on the right foot. Don't let that Penn State loss get your week started in a negative fashion. There's lots of stuff to look forward to. Lots of reasons to be positive moving forward. And let's have a great week. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll do this all again. Thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, I'll talk to you then.